Hey everybody. Today we talk with former Secretary of Rethinking Economics, Sanel Rosa de Koning. We discuss the effects University College had on her approach to economic models and ideas. We talk about her year as secretary and about the connection between philosophy and economics. Hey Rosa, thank you so much for making the time to talk to me today. Um, what have you been up to? How have you been? Um, yeah, like, um, I'm fine. Um, I just moved to The Hague and um, I'm finishing my last thesis. Um, and I will start working in a few weeks. And um, yeah, so far I'm uh, getting, have been getting used to, to, to like the, the new lifestyle and stuff. And uh, um, so it's, it's going fine. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So what is your last thesis on? So my last thesis for um, like it's it's a master in, in like politics, philosophy, economics. So, but it's more like philosophy based. So I usually say I study political philosophy. Um, so, but with a bit of economics in it as well. Um, so my thesis is about market based solutions to pollution and basically what's wrong with it, <laughs> or like what what are the main points of critique. So um, I started with the idea to. Because I think the EU, the EU ETS, European Emission Trading Scheme, um, has always been presented in economic courses as a very efficient solution because you you basically set a cap on on how much pollution you you want to allow, and then you can make the cap a bit lower each year. And then um, the efficient part is that companies are able to to trade these emissions, the rights to pollute. So if you're a company in, for which is easier to reduce emissions, um, then you can sell them because you can profit from reducing pollution. And then for a company which, which has like higher costs of doing that, they can buy it. Um, so instead of having like one, I don't know, one tax, uh, you, you gain uh, the same amount of reduction, but at lower cost for the economy, um, which is in economics, in the courses I had there. And then, a more the philosophical aspect is is really like how can you um, how can you determine a price like that because it's it's market based so basically um, after like the crisis the prices went down quite a lot and um, like how how like philosophically like how can you give someone even the rights to pollute <laughs> and how why would you let the market determine what the price would be um, and it's, so it basically goes down to also the, like what is cost benefit analysis. So how do you determine costs and, um, that, so it's still in my head, it's like a discovery, like how, how it goes, but it's more, um, based on arguments on like a philosophical approach to it. So it's not an economic comparison of what is efficient, but it's more like, like, like what, what are potential issues with it. And, um, I think for example, in the, in the EU case, they try to to rebuild it a bit and be, before they would just give the rights but now they can also auction the rights which is like a big difference instead of because you polluted like this amount last year we're going to give you the rights minus a little bit and now it's more auction based but um yeah so <laughs> i hope wow. uh, it will will come to an, uh, an end and since it's <laughs> philosophy it's not going to be a conclusion it's bad or it's good or we should do this but um i do hope the it gives some more practicalities in like ways to also maybe improve it a bit uh, but we'll see uh, how it goes 
Wow. So how did you get into this mix of philosophy and economics? So it's, it's a while ago. Um, I think I was at high school um, and uh, I was getting economic courses and uh, I liked it because it combines a bit of like mathematical knowledge, but also for someone who's more like into uh, societal topics and and, uh, uh, and history and stuff in, instead of more like the the hardcore <laughs> physics stuff um, so I like the combination um, and um, I was getting it the, the courses after like, the economic crisis so around me you saw people losing jobs and then you saw governments having policies and reducing their budgets for example and that really gained my interest in like um, what should you do as a government in, in times of a crisis and what comes after it? How can you, because being unemployed, if a lot of people are unemployed, that's, that's considered something you want to maybe change and what are the tools for it? But at the same time, I also noticed in the class that, for example, my teacher like said, okay, politicians are saying this, but according to this theory, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult, like difficult or like different. For example, Keynes would say like, uh, spend more money now um, uh, uh, instead of like cutting down um, and that that kind of put like an idea in my mind like okay what is economics and um, why would I want to study it do I want to like study economics to get a good job <laughs> or is it is there something more because I think economics touches on so many stuff that has an, have an impact on your daily life um, and, and your future um, but um, yeah, so I thought maybe I could combine it with um, something more philosophical or psycho psychological. And um, that's why I went into uh, university college in Maastricht. So I could have some economics courses, but also I had like a course on economic psychology. And I had quite some courses on philosophy as well, on ethics, on how you should distri distribute stuff in society. What grounds are for that and what are the arguments there so that's how I got into a little bit of economics but also a little bit of more political philosophy in the end. Oh wow so it's a it's a whole mix of different ways of thinking from the get-go right it's not just uh, plain economics <laughs> I mean it sounds so mean sometimes but it's not just economics um, so you I think then you started also from a different angle uh, looking at economics than just economic students. Do you have that when you talk to economists or economic students that you look at things differently? Um, yeah, so I think like the first thing, um, of course, is that not having studied only economics means you have spent a bit less time on it. So on some topics, your knowledge is not as in-depth as other students. Um, but at the other side, what I noticed, for example, in a master course, um, I was in that in that course with also another student who did the same bachelor's as I, as I did, um, and we were presented a formula, the social welfare formula, and like I noticed in that we both started to ask questions because like we we knew it, but um, the way it was presented, like we also were very trained in like seeing okay what are the, like the normative implications maybe or like what does it actually mean. Um, what can it tell us and what are the consequences of using this formula um, but I noticed that <laughs> the teacher himself was not super pleased on us spending a lot of time on that because of course I can understand he also has like 
his the things he wants to discuss in a class. So I think in the broader like I think that's also specifically the the bachelor's I did being at a university college and also having a lot of time to discuss ideas and topics and ask questions is maybe that's also specifically to Maastricht, but I think that's also in some other university colleges as well. Because you're not trained as in depth in one subject, you're really trained to to also discuss it with people from other subjects. So you're you get into discussions and conversations uh, quite easily instead of just reproducing or more being focused on one subject and just learning it. It's it's more it has a, like an extra critical dimension. So that's like an extra skill you learned in university college that wasn't maybe taught as much to just economic students. Yeah, I, of course I cannot look into the classrooms because I was not there. But um, from the courses I had, for example, I had a corporate finance course once there, um, being given also by someone who was also involved in sustainable finance masters who had like also um, some interest into to that perspective. But it, it, he said like there was less time spent on just the book um, and more time on like critical reflections, like looking, for example, at financial statements of companies and discussing it in the group. Um, because of course, like if you do the bachelor's, then of course you have time to discuss the book because it was a very big book <laughs> and go more into like the, the details. And now it was more like get a general idea of what it is about and how it can be used. Um, yeah, so I think that that's also that might be the difference. Do you think that's an important skill or are there other important skills that uh, students or economic students should get? Yeah, I think it should, it's like, for me, it's like essential to academic education in like any discipline. Um, what I noticed, so um, in that course I just talked about with the social welfare function, that was also for me the incentive to join Rethinking uh, because in my bachelor's I, I was not as involved in, in that type of movement because I was having a great time. <laughs> and that was the first time when I really started to to feel that there was not enough time to discuss this, which I thought was not super great. So I wanted to look for a place in which I could discuss these ideas with fellow students um, outside the, the classroom. So, but then how did you join Rethinking? How did you get into Rethinking Economics NL? Um, yeah, so when I left my Maastricht bubble, <laughs> which was, uh, they, they all, all already had a Rethinking similar organization there which I was not involved with uh, but then after the course I I discussed with my friend like oh why why is there no room to discuss these 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 topics and um, um, and that's why I think I've heard somehow some time about it but I cannot remember when so I just sent them a message and um, I, I then had a meeting with Mark uh, this is a few a few years ago I think two years I don't know I think two years yeah, <laughs> which was uh, one and a half year, which was super interesting. And um, that's how I got involved with it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what have you been up to with Rethinking? So um, currently I'm preparing a talk for um, a conference at the end of this month, which will take place in like real life as um, nothing wow. changed in the meantime. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> um, in which we... Like we were asked to give a workshop there, uh, which is a conference um, 
this time about sustainability and they have super cool workshops and we're gonna we've been asked to to give one and these are the very cool things rethinking does because basically i think for the youngest people there um but because we, we're part of rethinking you you get offers these opportunities which otherwise would have not presented for me um so um, i'm really looking forward to that um some other projects going on but i have to say like it's been a bit chaotic lately <laughs> um so um we're doing a research into the demands like the, the wishes also from the um from employers and how they basically what is their look on economics curricula um so we trying to uh, to get interviews going for that um yeah so that's that's cool. it yeah okay. and it's all online now so not really haven't saw seen anyone <laughs> in a while <laughs> from rethinking but um i think on zoom we quite a lot of uh contacts i mean that's good it's really weird for me too like i joined when corona started so i have never met anybody in real life <laughs> yeah so do you have any uh, rethinking stories you want to share um like i think what what was like um for me personally and i think also for us uh, as rethinking because we we got quite some offers to give talks for example at the end of this month was a talk i gave at the kana way the dutch royal academy the royal dutch academy of academics uh, i think that's correctly the, the english uh, translation um which was also a bit random for me um we just got invited to give the talk there and um it was also for me like a, uh, a way to see that rethinking also fits into a larger debate and that um we got taken seriously <laughs> which is it's it's super cool because normally you're just around students and then you try to do stuff and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't and um to actually see that that people outside of it who are, there were quite some like Older people there um, also are interested in this, and um, yeah, it was super great, and it was just nice to to be in touch and hear like positive uh, voices after that. Um, so that's like if I look back at the the past like academic year, that this for me personally it was like such a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, what is a uh a rethinking fail that you want to share because <laughs> there are a lot of cool stories that i all want to hear about but what is <laughs> first a rethinking sh uh, fail you want to share i think like one time i um um i think uh one time um mm, let me think yeah one time i was giving a talk somewhere as well and um i was like super nervous and um i remember like not being very comfortable on the topic um before uh, so I, I tried to prepare but at some point you also just have to like go with the flow and at that point <laughs> i wasn't really sure how and it was like a very new environment to be in so i started talking and then i think like i finished talking like two minutes later or like one and a half so it was like super short <laughs> and then um so that felt like, oh my God, like I prepared it so much. And then because of nerves, like after one minute, <laughs> I had no clue what to say anymore, uh, but it was fine. And um, um, yeah, so 
it, no, no, it was a failure, but like I wasn't like super happy with it in the end and didn't really feel like I had been that much of a contribution. So, um, what are some rethinking successes or some things that you're really proud of from the past few years? Um, I think for rethinking, just like it's not like what I did, but just in general, I think as a movement and as a organization, it's it's for example what I noticed in the talk that you do get taken seriously um, and um, it has like so much potential <laughs> which is something maybe I wish I knew and was maybe more aware of in the beginning um, but um, it's it's also for example now with being all on zoom I've also been more in contact but uh, I think at the beginning with also some internet order like other rethinking organizations outside the Netherlands and it's it's all super great to to see that somehow this has been established and you, there's like people outside of the Netherlands also doing work, um, which is nice and it, it has uh, much potential. Yeah, nice. so it's like very good for the people who like <laughs> build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. You know, it's also really impressive that you became secretary. I think it was for this year, for the past year, or were you secretary for longer time? No, no, just just a year. How <laughs> no. was but, it uh, secretary? Um, so what I enjoyed, I think, about it was that rethinking is also like an organization as a board. You you have a lot to say, and also to say how your role, how it would look like. Um, so it had a lot of room for you to come up with ideas and go for it. Like you're doing now with this podcast is like perfect example of, because like before, like norm, quite some organizations or like student organizations have some kind of structure, which is also more, uh, is, is more stable in a sense, but, uh, but also uh, a bit less flexible, I think to, to, to follow your like own ideas and wishes and, um and things so that that's something which i really enjoyed and also um in my secretary role um like doing the talks or like sometimes just meeting with people who email and just see what comes out of it is something i really enjoy so why did you become secretary um well basically i got asked so <laughs> i wasn't really um um thinking about it in in that much um um it, it just like because i didn't know rethinking that good so i i didn't know like what what are standard procedures like i said before it's not as like it's not all laid down as much it's not that there's no structure because there definitely is a structure but there's also flexibility and it's also depending on wishes of people so it's not like you have to send up your application before this and then stuff happens it, it's more relaxed and just um yeah, so I just thought, okay, I will go for it and, and see what happens. And I think in the beginning, I thought I was only going to be there half a year, but um, I stayed a bit longer. <laughs> My plans basically changed, uh, so uh, I stayed a bit longer. Um, so I was happy with that as well. So what did you take away from being secretary? Um it's basically that it like it gives you the opportunity to to be in contact with um organizations people just for you for myself it really helped me to 
came my head a bit on like what's happening, who are also doing stuff on this this topic. Um, as I said, it's just like I think any board will or just anyone who wants to do anything within rethinking, um, there's like the opportunity to um, pose ideas and then <laughs> see how it goes. So, for example, the SDGs project. Uh, which has been paused by me a bit, <laughs> but uh, like the idea just came up and then you also have this uh, group of people like uh, uh, academic rethinkers and also people on the senior boards who can, you just ask for advice, which I like qualified like professional people. Like it's, it's also very cool that they established that at the beginning uh, to, to, to help you out and to, to, to see, uh, to, to ask for advice basically. Cool. Okay, so what would you say to the future secretary? And do you have any advice for the future board? Um I think like last year I, I actually got um I, I don't know who, who can said it, but just like enjoy it. <laughs> and uh um when 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 they said it I was like yeah yeah of course like <laughs> But um, at some point, you, you kind of feel that sometimes it's a bit too much. Or uh, you, if you have a lot of ideas, then sometimes there are too many ideas to actually follow through. And um, there are so many opportunities, but having so many opportunities also create, can create like stress. Um, so in that sense, like know the potential it has, but also know and focus on how the board as a group, like what you actually also want to do and how you want to uh, make the year like a like pleasant <laughs> but like also for yourself successful but um like don't feel sometimes the pressure too much but also i do think like for example uh, um yeah i do think they uh, they will do a great job and it's also up to them to discover uh, new ideas and projects and whatever they, they um they want to do but um I think like reflecting back, I think I could have um, spent maybe more time also on the group process and um, uh, how you do that and, and how you can maybe also um, learn from each other and stuff, which I think is, is now essentially super important because it's all online to make sure you also still meet and um, um, yeah, <laughs> that, oh, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, okay, a little bit on another topic. Um, what are topics close to your heart when it comes to education in economics? Um, yeah, I do think what we briefly discussed in the beginning, like the, the critical thinking aspect, um, just in general, just the room to have discussions, to, to also have that skill to relate it to to what's happening in the real world and, and what what you learn, how you can use it. And I think it also comes back to having as a student maybe um, and sometimes some autonomy or like some say in in your curriculum, like not that you gotta design it yourself completely, but for me what I could do in my bachelor was really picking the, the courses, which I understand doesn't make sense to do maybe in, in each program. Um, but I'd, I'd, I do think it's it's good to have some say in your curriculum, in like the, the things you're reading. And I can give an example of uh, a course I once had, I think it was at FU, um, in which we were also able to come up with our own 
papers <laughs> and, and post them in the group. And then you really also learn how to critically look at the usefulness of a paper, which is like way different than just getting a reading list and reading it because of course it's useful because the professor picked them out. But it's whole different stories where you're writing an essay or a thesis, then you have to do it yourself. But um, yeah, so having a say also, what do you think as students is now the most urgent problem or topic in a certain course and or thing you're learning? Um, and maybe for mathematics, <laughs> it would not always make sense, but I think there are a lot of courses in which that could be very interesting addition or to have uh, some room for, for yourself to uh, put in some of your interests, which I think will motivate students also more. Hmm. Cool. Okay. So, but you picked courses in economics and in philosophy and in ethics. Um, as you, I think, yeah, those were the three big ones, and maybe some psychology too. Why? Why those? I mean, you could have picked any courses, I think, in university college. So why? Why that mix? Um, like in, in, I, I wanted to start and I also ended with it, like having economics and philosophy, which like the main, like your major in that sense. But um, also sometimes you just pick a course because maybe you're not super sure or like the, your favorite course is not given that semester, like that period, um, which can also, um, which is not that like core orientated, but just I had a course on, I don't know, globalization and inequality. Um, which wasn't really linked at that point in my mind in, in anywhere, but it, it can always surprise you and give you a new perspective. And uh, um, yeah, so you also, at some point, you also hear other students saying, this course is super interesting. And for example, we also had a history course, um, so it's, and I had a politics course as well. So um, it's just in general to have a broad perspective. Um, yeah, and I had some mathematics as like science courses uh, well, yeah. Okay, cool. So why economics and philosophy? How does that work? Well, unfortunately in my bachelor I had, had not had really a course like specifically on this, um, but um, they go well together. Like economics comes in, in essence from philosophy like way, way back. <laughs> Uh, I think it like, wasn't Adam Spitt also a philosopher, like didn't he call himself, I'm not sure exactly or was it someone else. Um, but um, yeah, I think they go well together. I think it should be, it, it should be super cool to have a uh, philosophy of economics course as like a, a core course in uh, economics education, for example. Uh, because in like many other subjects, ethics, automatically play a role if you have like I don't know if you study medicine or you also need an ethic course to, to what you're doing what are the consequences to just gain your head around it uh, and I think philosophy also like philosophy of science is like super important I think for economics so so, so they go what is it the science what kind of science like what can you prove what are the methods you use um, um, so I can cool addition to that and um, I've been focused also quite a lot on like public economics and I think that also questions on what should a state do, what, what, sh what should we let a market sell or like why do we say like it's not okay to sell your organs or but you can sell, I don't know, like sex for example, like, like how it's not like a right or wrong answer but just to, to think about why 
those choices are made and what are the pros and cons or like the arguments and uh, what are the consequences and also to look at our economic system which is also like how do we want it to look like and um what is welfare <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's those those like what is growth i think all those questions that pop up are basically philosoph philosoph uh, philosophical questions in a in essence and um yeah so i i really enjoyed the link it doesn't provide you much answers <laughs> only more questions but um um yeah it's it's interesting to to see and also complicated sometimes so if you, that also um, can be a challenge and it's that's cool that's also what i like so should everybody have an economics course or a philosophy course according to you or what do you think uh i think anyone should have the courses they want <laughs> like just in general if they don't want to study it i, I also completely understand but um i think just in general it could be a nice addition uh to have like a philosophy of economics or just an ethics and economics course i had one of those in my masters which i enjoyed really a lot um and during that course which was in my philosophy masters i also was thinking i think this course would be also super interesting to have in an economics program because the concepts are clear for everyone um uh, so yeah but it, it's still nice to to reflect and to maybe read material from from others that make you think. Cool. So how are you going to use economics and philosophy going forward? What are your plans? Good question. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, though that's the the thing you like studying. I I, I also hopes to like then I know what to do with it. But like studying philosophy, you kind of start to understand that. It's, it's, it's not always the, the practical link that is the, the motivation or should be the motivation. But um, yeah, I think it, it, it gave me a way of thinking and um, um, which I hope to, to use in the future. <laughs> but uh, I find it hard to really see now a job or like, I don't know what kind of future for it. But um, yeah, I do hope in the rest of my life <laughs> uh I will, I will know a bit more on that um yeah <laughs> sounds very like floaty like in the rest of my life somewhere yeah. <laughs> along the way <laughs> for rethinking though do you have some more are you going to stay with rethinking or um do you have any projects coming up except for the one at the end of this month yeah, I think they're still going. So um, depending on what everyone plans are after September and how it's, things are going to go, um, I'm, I'm going to work full time. So <laughs> uh, I do not have as much time, but I, I always like I, I would like to come to events if they're either online or offline or and stay involved. Definitely, but not like that much. But um, uh, I think uh, it would be also weird to like completely disappear now <laughs> um so uh, we'll see and i think it's that's also something that kind of floats and depending on um also if i look at other rethinkers some some are still in contact with with with, with, with the others quite a lot so um yeah we'll see uh, how it goes <laughs> but definitely cool. the intention to to stay up to date okay sounds good so let's do a little lightning round. Um, so I'll ask some questions and just say the first thing that comes up. Okay. Ah, okay, cool. Okay. So what is a skill any economist should learn? 
like how to explain it to a four-year-old. <laughs> like the, wasn't it the Einstein quote? Like uh, if you can't explain it to a four-year-old, you don't understand it. But just like how to make it understandable for everyone. Cool. I like that. Okay. Who do you admire or look up to in economics? Um, like definitely Kate Ward because she has like similar educational like backgrounds and I like just love it. Love her book. Yeah. <laughs> So what is a question you want me to ask that I haven't asked you yet? Um, yeah, something that comes into my mind, but that's just the, the phase I'm also in, like transitioning from like studying to working or whatever. Um, um, like how rethinking plays a role in that. <laughs> because I have basically no clue so it's it's a question I definitely cannot answer but um, um, yeah so like rethinking being focused on economics education but also in a way of like making economics more de like democratic and um, being in debate everyone um, feels comfortable to to ask questions like not to be an expert on of course but um, so what what it kind of comes from is that me not having studied economics like hardcore sometimes i feel a bit uncomfortable talking about economic issues or, or whatever because i feel like i haven't i should first have a phd in economics which <laughs> uh is also like more like personal insecurity maybe but um um so that aspect i think follows maybe later on like how um how the insights or the things you you got at rethinking how that can um, maybe contribute to you to your future and how you can still be involved in it from another angle like professionally but i have no clue yet so <laughs> maybe you should ask like like older uh, rethinkers how maybe being part of rethinking in impacted their after education life <laughs> That's a good one. I'll remember that for next time. That's a good one. So yeah. did it change uh, the way you think or the way you act rethinking? Did it make you did did it make you act any different or think any different about economics? Mm, I think what, what it learned me because um was that there are like so many schools of thought and like like more like also history of economics. I think those main because i also looked at economics to sometimes more like a political philosophy look or like another outlook and then you kind of look maybe at the <clears throat> traditional way it's being taught but then you also maybe make the assumption that's how it's being taught and there are like some developments um, um and there are like options and like schools who of thought who who differ in that and that's that's something i I did, was not that aware of before joining uh, Rethinking. Okay, cool. So where do you see economics going? What does the future of economics look like, according to you? Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, what I said, like I don't have a PhD, so I'm not comfortable, but um, I don't know, maybe how I would want it, or like how- That how sounds good. Yeah, what, what something that interests me a lot is also like the more like putting like what determines price and value and 
um, whether there's a way to make the <coughs> economy more aligned to instead of like how we value things, maybe whether it has some kind of intrinsic value or whether we can basically put a price, like a true price on the products we buy and, and that's being sold. And um, that that will be something which I think is great <laughs> if we can achieve in somehow, some way. I don't know how, but, um, and I know like, that like organizations working on this. And, um, and also if I look, for example, at, at like, different ways to measure gdp or like to like not different ways to measure but something else to uh for welfare for example i think those are developments which i think are very interesting and would be cool because the like smart people like calculating these and have done quite some great work on that um so it would be great to see how that would evolve in the future and uh, how that impacts the economic system Cool. So, final question: uh, What is your advice to future economists? Um, <laughs> to future economists, um, I think, like, look around. <laughs> um, know, like, see yourself as embedded in in the in the surroundings you are, and um, first of all, make sure like people understand like the message you have and um also be like self-aware of the limitations it has and um and the assumptions you make which i think uh uh will be great <laughs> cool and also the things you don't know like be honest about the things you don't know yeah <laughs> oh i like that one that's a good one <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today and for all your nice insights and have a great day yeah you too. <laughs>